about to start so pop those headphones in and let Sophia style radio to keep you company. Love Thy Body Project, home of female empowerment. you'd like to get in touch or find out how you can work with us then just head on over to lovethybodyproject.com
welcome to Look Thy Body Project, the show where no topic is off limits. We're here to encourage, empower and support. Today you've got myself Laura Bland and the gorgeous Serena Novelli and together we are two-thirds of Love Thy Body Project. Our guest today is Helen Alina. That's the only <laughs> time I'm going to say her surname throughout the whole show. So from now on it will just be Helen from Sonara's Sister Hypnotherapy which is much easier to say. Definitely. So, Helen, for our listeners, feel free to actually tell them your name so that they know um, how to search for you in the future. But also just give us a little bit of background on, um, on you and on what it is that you're doing and how you got into the world of hypnotherapy. Okay, so my name is Helen Kalinak. I am a solution-focused hypnotherapist. So my background was in health visiting. So I did many years in health visiting and then I then trained to do adult nursing. I then became a community nurse and a practice nurse. And now I'm a hypnotherapist. So I've kind of like worked with women across the board, you know, in health visiting with mums, postnatal depression, perinatal anxiety, body issues after having babies and then moving over to nursing similar in a way that I did a lot of women's health stuff as a practice nurse and you're always having conversations you might even had it when you've had a smear you know I've talked about all sorts of women when we've done smears and things so and then I moved over purely because I'd had hypnotherapy myself for body dysmorphia and how I felt about my body and my mental health and it absolutely changed my life and I knew it was like my calling. I was like, I need to do this. I need to train in this. I want to be able to empower women in the same way that this incredible woman who changed my life, who was a hypnotherapist. Um, and that's how I, I moved over. And I've got four children, all different pregnancies, different births, different changes in my body. So I've gone for an array of experiences with my body, so to speak. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, four kids is, um, is a lot to go through. And I, I stopped at one for a number of reasons. One being that she was an extremely easy pregnancy, easy labour, easy baby. And I kind of figured that if I went again, I would have the devil child because yeah. I thought you, you can't be that lucky twice around. <laughs> Serena didn't stop and has five kids now body issues and lack of self-confidence but also being a young mum as well and kind of that the impact that that puts on your own your own kind of view of yourself and the challenges that you face and everything do you do you think your background in a more medical based profession and in nursing does that help you to bring you know a balanced view and a, a holistic approach to what you do with the hypnotherapy do you think it's given you more of an insight as well yeah I definitely feel that in the work that I do is give, it gives me a balance, you know, I've got a medical background, but also I've got holistic views. And I suppose, you know, you can use any sort of, well, they're transferable skills, aren't they, that you can bring across. Um, and I think definitely the medical background has given me a bit of an edge, I suppose, because I do see a lot of women that have got medical problems as well as, you know, mentally. Um, you know, women that struggle with their body, you know, they've usually the women that I see, you know, they've got chronic fatigue, or they've got fibromyalgia, you know, they've got these things that I've learned through my nursing. 
and as much as I'm not healing them physically in that way but through hypnotherapy you know it's a great way to be able to have self-compassion because when we've got a medical condition but also it impacts on how our body is physically we're then going to have that mental impact you know you see lots of clients that have got fibromyalgia who would love to do more exercise or would love to go and walk that little bit further but they can't and the judgment that they have on themselves from themselves but also from other people and it's kind of breaking down that sort of stigma of fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue or you know ME and all of that that people just are lazy or they don't want to go and exercise um, so you know having a medical background about these things is being able to help women have self-compassion when you've got a long-term condition again I see women that have had you know who are diabetic but also have got mental health issues about their body so it all kind of intercrosses there and as a hypnotherapist I'm not and I you know I've got to take my nurse's hat off as such but I definitely feel that having the background there I can help women see that actually they need to have self-compassion because they have got a medical condition and you know you have got something wrong with you it's not like this made up thing that lots of people go oh you've got fibromyalgia or you've got you know chronic fatigue and they have this judgment from other people and they beat themselves up because they want to go and exercise but actually sometimes physically they can't go and do it and they then put that on themselves that actually they are lazy that they're rubbish that you know all the inner critic starts coming in then because they can't do it and the hypnosis kind of helps them then get over that kind of limiting belief and actually find other ways that they can maybe exercise. That's not in there. You've got to be in the gym doing all of this stuff that actually just a gentle few yoga poses for them has given them enough to make them feel better in themselves. And it's kind of helping them find what works for them. Forget what everybody else is saying and what they think you should be doing it's good to have that kind of knowledge of what the kind of long-term conditions people have, but also how I can help them holistically to then be able to help women with hypnosis. Again, I'm not their health visitor, but I can sort of trickle a few things in that gives them that self-compassion again, that to go, do you know what? It's okay because you have postnatal depression. It's okay. We can come out of this, but it's building on their resilience and their strengths that get them through difficult times, but also be able to like the person that's in the body and kind of work with the two, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And it's, it, uh, it's entirely possible, isn't it, to, um, to have that split in terms of how you view yourself, so your physical self, your other self, so the, you know, the, the essence of you, the things that make you up, you know, your personality, your traits, mm-hmm. your values, your morals, all those kinds of things, you can be completely disjointed and and have separate views on yourself and tying that back together view of self and not ending up compartmentalizing Mm -hmm. and having that kind of fractured way that you present yourself or the way that you view yourself and it's interesting there because one of the phrases that you've used a lot there Helen is is around Mm -hmm. self-compassion I think as as a population on the whole but specifically as women we are incredibly hard on ourselves and we expect to be able to do everything or we want to be able to do everything to look after everyone to get things right to not be perfect but to be able to cope 
and to do everything that, that we feel that we should. So that's that other word, isn't it? That should word, you know, I should be able to do this or I should get the housework done or I should go and visit those friends. And it, we put so much pressure on ourselves that it becomes unrealistic to be able to achieve everything that we think we should achieve. And that's when we start to have those breakdowns again then isn't it because we get into that negative spiral so like you were talking about in terms of wanting to be able to do something physically not being able to then putting the blame on yourself the only thing that can happen from there is you go further down into that into that negativity but in terms of self-compassion what does that mean to you what does self-compassion kind of look like or how does someone start to bring that element into their life if it's something that actually they really struggle with at the minute yeah well I am hugely passionate about self-compassion purely because I never had it for a long time and once I found it you know it was absolute game changer and it's it's hard when we've always been in that negative cycle about ourselves to get out of it but kind of the easiest way I say to my clients is to look at it is how we talk to our best friend or how we would talk to somebody else isn't how we talk to ourselves. Self-compassion is like the opposite of our, you know, our inner, on our inner critic. And if our friend was saying the things about themselves, we certainly wouldn't be joining in on the critical talk. So it's kind of like stepping out of yourself and how you would talk to yourself. Now that inner critic, you know, and especially with the diet culture, I mean, don't even get me started on that. I get so, you know, with our inner critic, you know, if we ha- we go on a diet, you know, and if it doesn't go right, I mean, who do we blame? It's ourselves straight away because we're not committed. We've got no willpower, you know, all of that. And diets are not what doesn't what doesn't fit everybody. You know, it doesn't mean that we are wrong if the diet doesn't work. And that's what I hate about the diet culture is that we see other people doing really well. So what our inner critic does is you should be going on a diet. You need to be eating better, blah, blah, blah. So we go, God, right, okay, I'll try this diet. Doesn't work. What happens is the inner critic, well, there you go. You see, you haven't got any willpower. You're rubbish. Everybody else can do this diet. You know, look at their before and afters. Why can't you be doing it? This is your fault. You've got no willpower. Is that actually... Maybe the time isn't right for me right now. Maybe that diet, you know, or whatever isn't right for me. Maybe going on a 5K run isn't right for me. It might be for that person, you know. So it's kind of turning it around and just going, coming within a little bit. I think sometimes we can go too far away from ourselves. So it's kind of coming back within and being kind and being compassionate to ourselves, you know, especially after having a baby, you know, stepping back into the tiny jeans and all like that, you know, it literally riles me because we just had a bloody baby, you know, and it's just like, we need to be compassionate and go, actually, I've just done something really incredible. Or I've literally had two hours sleep. I'm just snacking on crisps because it's the easiest thing to be able to reach for because I've just gone through this massive, amazing thing. And also, you know, when we've had a trauma, we beat ourselves up, but you know, if we've gone through a horrible time or a difficult time, we need to be compassionate and actually go, do you know what? I've just gone through something horrific. You know, if it was our friend going through something like that, we wouldn't be going, oh, well, see, you failed there. It's typical you crying. You know, all of that, we need to be looking at it in a way ourselves, we need to be that kind of big sister to ourselves, our friend to ourselves. So I 
use it as in like we need to be our own cheerleaders you know we need to be going hang on a minute I'm really tired maybe I can't do that and like you said the should I should be doing this I should be doing that I should be doing as well as that person why can't I be doing all those things and again it's being kind to ourselves and going looking at okay what can I manage today what can I do today that I will feel pleased with? What would I be pleased to see myself doing today? And if it's only two of those things on that list of 10, that's when we need to be congratulating ourselves. That's when we need to be cheerleading ourselves. Instead of going, God, you didn't do those eight things on that list. It's like, bloody hell, I did two of those today. I'm chuffed with that because actually I can do maybe two tomorrow. You know, taking that pressure away, that need. Do you need to be doing all of that? If you don't need to be doing all of that, look at what you can do. Okay, I can put the washing out today or I can just send that email to that person I'm happy with that you know cheerleading ourselves and it is about looking at ourselves as we would a friend and that is where to start with you can start with that be your friend or treat yourself like you would your friend that's a start yeah, it makes complete sense. And it's something that we, so we have a, a five day course that we run multiple times throughout the year, all about kind of developing that that self-love and self-connection. And, and one of the things that we talk about in there is, you know, how you view yourself and the language that you use when you talk to yourself. You know, we bring it back round in that you wouldn't talk to your best friend that way. You wouldn't talk to your daughter that way. So why is it acceptable to talk yeah. to yourself like that, to essentially bully and belittle Absolutely. yourself? Yeah. And it is. It's like carrying that bully around, you know, and I've used it before in that, you know, you remember, you know, the old playground kind of like bully. We wouldn't carry that around. We wouldn't accept that. But we seem to accept that it's OK for us to do it ourselves. And it's kind of saying, OK. So as you go through this journey, who do you want there with you? This bully or a cheerleader? And every time it's like, well, I'd rather a cheerleader. I'd rather a friend. So it's like, okay, let's build on that then, you know. And that inner critic, it kind of encourages us to do things. It sees us as it's failing. You know, it's straight on us again, isn't it? It's like, yeah, go on, go and eat that piece of cake. You deserve it. You've been tired. You've done well. Eat that piece of cake. So you eat the cake and it feels great. And you're like, oh, it's really delicious. And I'm loving it. And then about half an hour later, it creeps back in. Ah, oh, see, now you feel rubbish you've eaten that. See, so you shouldn't have done it. Why did you do it? You know, and it's like, ah, oh, we go through this horrible mind monkeys. But you told me to eat the cake. It was okay to eat the cake. Now it's not okay to eat the cake. We call this naughty chimp on our shoulders. And it comes from that primitive mind. It comes from that fight, flight or freeze response, which is negative. It uh, comes from an emotional response. And that's where we sit a lot of the time when we're stressed, when we're anxious, when we feel low and depressed about our bodies. Primitive mind, it's trying to keep us safe, but it keeps us in this negative loop. It keeps us not being able to move forward. We feel stuck because it's how we've always talked to ourselves. And that primitive mind will always go back to a behavior or a pattern that we've always done. So that's why we always get these spikes or these dips where, you know, we've been in this negative cycle and we don't want to do it anymore. And I hear lots of clients saying, no, I just don't want to talk to myself like that anymore. I've talked to myself for the last 20 years like that. I want to change it. And we see a little bit of a change. And then a week later, we come in and it's slid. It slid back down because a stress has happened or, you know, a trauma has happened or something unpleasant has happened. 
and what's happened is that mind monkey that primitive mind has gone oh yeah i'm gonna be all over this again now it takes you straight back to that old pattern of behavior or that old kind of negative thinking that you've done because you've always done it and we've survived doing it negativity and how we talk to ourselves strangely is comforting because it's really out of our comfort zone to big ourselves up you know like a child getting back on a bike repetitive repeat 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 and it you will start to change neural pathways about how you talk to yourself it will become a habit for you but habits are only formed by repetition be kind to yourself about slipping back be compassionate about it it needs to come from within you need to give yourself permission to be kind um we will take a quick break now though we'll have some music but when we're going to come back we are going to carry on talking to Helen and we're going to be looking at the issue of um, body dysmorphia so how we view ourselves that maybe isn't actually based in reality so don't go away enjoy some music and we'll be back shortly if you'd like to get in touch or find out how you can work with us then just head on over to lovethybodyproject.com
more I'll come out stronger on the other side Though the darkness keeps on calling me It won't stop me from the overcame all my wrongs but when i fall and when i stand i swear i never will forget all the stars that made me Welcome back. You're listening to Love Thy Body Project with myself, Laura Bland, the gorgeous Serena Novelli, and our guest today is Helen from Sonara's Sister Hypnotherapy. If you haven't been listening right from the start, then you do need to go and find us on the podcast and catch up on the beginning so that you can also listen to me butchering Helen's surname. Um, but for now, we're going to move on for that and we're going to have a look at the topic of body dysmorphia. Um, and Helen, I know this is something that you've experienced and worked through yourself and you're now passionate about helping other women to overcome that challenge so let, let's start with your own your own kind of journey and where where you were and how you've managed to move through that yeah so I have probably struggled with body dysmorphia let me think Ooh, 17 years I guess my son is 17 now so my second, it, it kind of happened really after my second child, um, who's 17 now. Yeah, it just kind of came from nowhere, this kind of, well, I'd had postnatal depression with him. So that's kind of where it came from. And the pressure to shift the weight just suddenly was there. I never had it with my first one. Didn't even enter my head about my body, if I think back my first one. The struggle to get my body back to what I thought was normal was really, really strong and really, really um, in the forefront of my mind all of the time when he was small just couldn't shake it off this feeling of that people were looking at me and judging me for not getting back into a small weight I mean I've always been fairly small it was really really surreal if I remember back just this weird feeling that just he'd been out and about even people were looking at me with a buggy and thinking gosh she's really fat I mean it's absolutely crazy to think that I actually generally thought that I would catch myself in the window of shop window or whatever and it would it would cause panic this absolute panic that I looked horrendous and I looked really big and I remember at one point seeing myself in the shop window and just literally running home with the buggy just like scared completely scared of what I saw in kind of reflection and it kind of spiraled and spiraled and the postnatal depression really kicked in and then I had a breakdown of my marriage. My husband left me. And so then I had this traumatic breakup with a, you know, sort of one-year-old. And it just spiralled from there. 
yeah, it hit me like a ton of bricks, absolutely hit me ton, like a ton of bricks, which then spiraled it even more. The comparison that actually the breakdown of my marriage, my husband leaving wasn't because of my weight and what it looked like. But to me, that was another trigger for this is why it's broken down. It's because of my weight. It's because what I look like. And it was, wasn't that at all. But that was what was in my head. The worry about what I looked like became so so apparent that it just took over my life it took over what I wore it took over where I went it took over my life completely no matter who or what people said that was complimentary it did not go in it was like people were lying to me that's what I my brain tricked me into thinking people are actually lying to me about what they were saying I couldn't look into a full-length mirror for a very very long time I would just get ready do my makeup really quickly never really properly look at myself certainly not from the neck down absolutely not from the neck down and then I just went down the horrendous comparison route it was I was looking at other people who had two children why did they look better than me my eating got distorted then it started I mean I think it was always from having my second son very distorted and it was when I suddenly went, yeah, do you know what? I've actually really do think I've got a problem. I do think I've got something. And I went and had hypnotherapy and it was just incredible. It was amazing. This woman just totally changed my life, which then really then had a knock on effect of how I saw my body. Once I dealt with the trauma, I started to like myself a bit. I took the blame away from myself that I wasn't a good mother for having, you know, postnatal depression. And it then inspired me to get into health visiting. And that's how I got into health visiting. And I helped other mums. After having hypnotherapy, I remember seeing this uh, a photo that I had done or somebody took a photo of me. And I looked at it and it was like, bloody hell. And it was so like this light bulb moment of like, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. It was, the hypnotherapy just made me look at this picture and was like, what have I been doing? Why have I been hiding myself all this time? And I suddenly could see what others could see, but I had not seen it for so many years. So it changed my life completely on the view of I, that I had on myself. But something like body dysmorphia or eating disorder, you know, it doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. And hypnotherapy has given me the tools to cope and manage with it. But if there's difficult times or there's stress, it will creep. When you've got body dysmorphia, it will just creep in. But I've now got the tools to manage it. Um, yeah. So even when you have this body positivity, when you, when you're working on it, it is it's a it's a it is a journey. It's not a, a you're not going to fix it with a magic wand. It's something that's ongoing. Yeah, that's it. <clears throat> it comes down to being able to, like you were saying, understand what your triggers are and have the right tools to. To keep yourself in that positive frame of mind and sometimes it's hard work and sometimes it's easier and some days you don't think of anything and it getting on with life aren't you you don't you don't give yourself you know a second thought or anything and then there's other days like when you've got something coming up or an event or photos that have been taken or something you kind of stop and you have to challenge yourself to not focus in a negative way so yes yeah, definitely a journey definitely an ongoing thing and like you say there is no I don't think there is a state that you get to where it never crosses your mind again or you never have a moment of negativity or you never struggle or you never 
put an outfit on and then change because it didn't feel right or you looked at yourself and you caught you know a top that made a weird shape or whatever it might be there's all of those things that can just be ongoing but I guess the aim is not to allow those things to rule you and to take back over do you look back Helen do you look back because you said it was really probably the first you know six seven years of your your second child's life where you were really struggling and but you didn't realize as such do you look back now on that time are there things that you feel that you missed out on because you were so worried about how you looked or what other people might think is are there things that you look back on and you maybe wish that you could have done differently or have you just kind of made peace with that now and it's kind of well you know what's gone is gone and you can't change it but once you got to that point of of instigating change did you start to live a little bit differently were you more open to experiences and and different things with children as well what how, how do you kind of see that yeah, time? yeah it's uh, you know like you said you know we can't look back and can't change things but I I do feel that the amount of time I spent worrying about what I look like I probably could have been doing some other amazing things and if I look back as well you know my children because my my first child was my daughter she she's my only daughter and I often look back and think subconsciously without realizing I probably gave a negative view of my body to her growing up but yeah I certainly think oh my god the amount of times I think that I've cancelled plans with people because you know what you talked about the constant changing outfits and I've you know I've been in tears I've been sobbing on the bed and just going I'm, I'm not going I'm, I'm not going out I can't nothing feels right it doesn't matter how many times you know my partner would say you look fine you look fine I'm, I'm just not going out so yeah I missed out on it a lot and after I had the twins I lost a lot of weight you know got back to uh, normal size within like a week of having my twins which was really strange I had this thing where I had a massive weight loss without even trying I was just got really small after having them I had no issues I didn't have any postnatal depression you know I was really really well supported by my like my second husband now and you know I had a great pregnancy great birth but what happened was when I stopped breastfeeding I put weight back on it crept in again the body dysmorphia crept in again because it was like you've had twins and you could be you know fairly decent weight now they're like toddlers 18 months old why are you fat again and this is the questions that started coming into my head and I was like straight away it's like whoa, whoa whoa okay here we go it's starting again I can feel it starting again before I didn't recognize it this time I was like right it's coming again so I went and had hypnosis straight away it was like right I know exactly what's happening here this body dysmorphia is taking over me again I need to just go and have top-up therapy um so I did so I went and had hypnotherapy and it really really helped because but it is a massive journey when you get these spikes it doesn't suddenly be like oh I haven't got this issue anymore it's yes I still have body dysmorphia but I now have amazing tools that work for me. I know what to do now. I know how to talk to myself. I know how to get out of my comfort zone is horrible. But when you do it, it's so liberating and so freeing. You know, that pressure, it's like taking that horrible rucksack off that you've been carrying around for so long. Just going, I just, 
don't care right now. I just want to go and enjoy myself, whether that's night out with the girls and you're wearing a dress that you, you might have felt uncomfortable in before. You're just going, I'm going, I'm going out, shutting the door, I'm out. It's too late now, I'm wearing it. And you go and enjoy yourself. That, that gives you the liberating feeling that sort of, you know, sticks the finger up to body dysmorphia and just going, yeah, I know you're with me, you're here, but I'm dealing with you. I'm making peace with it. As soon as you do it, it's like, oh my God, why have I not done this before? Like, where have I been? I'm suddenly awakened. You know, that feeling of just being like, I am me and I love it. And it's so nice. And it's capturing that feeling, isn't it? And each time we step out of comfort zones, capturing what it feels like afterwards, because it's so good. That is the whole point, because that is where the fun happens. That's where the change happens. It's yeah. where you can feel liberated, exactly like you were saying. And yeah, you know, it might for you, for you, it might not be a catwalk that you're doing. It could be literally just getting up, getting dressed and leaving the house. Maybe that is your challenge and that is how you're going to help yourself to feel liberated today. Maybe it is taking the kids to the swimming pool. Maybe it is chasing them around the park and not being self-conscious about how your arse wobbles or you, you know, you've not got the right bra on and all of that kind of nonsense that goes through our heads. Small steps that we can take to mm-hmm. override that negativity, have that feeling of achievement and then hopefully continue to do that. Because as you've said, it's breaking that cycle, isn't it? And it's having those episodes of fulfillment over and over again so that we realise, you know, we can show the chimp that we're we're not in danger, we're not going to get hurt, and it is something that is good for us. Yeah. Do something today, folks, to just step outside of your comfort zone, no matter how big or how small it is, just give yourself a little push. Um, where can everyone find you, Helen? If people are looking to connect with you, if your journey has resonated or if they want to find out how that they can work with you to help with their own issues where is the best place for people to find you yeah well i'm on facebook and on instagram so that's at sonara sister hypnotherapy on instagram facebook and my website is www.sonarasisterhypnotherapy.co.uk um so yeah i'm i'm mainly on instagram i've got um a facebook group which is the uh well-being women's well-being lounge it's just a group of women come together lots of positive affirmations i do relaxation sessions in there lots and lots about self-compassion and the inner critic and little tips to be able to talk to yourself a little bit differently so that is the women's well-being lounge and yes and our sister facebook and instagram Excellent. So there you go. Now you know where to find Helen and how you can get in touch if you're looking to work with her. And if you're not already part of the Love Thy Body Project community, then head over to Facebook and give us a search and join the group there as well. And we'll be back again next week with another episode. Thank you very much for joining us today, Helen. It has been a pleasure to chat with you. Yeah, my pleasure. If you'd like to get in touch or find out how you can work with us, then just head on over to lovethybodyproject.com. Thank you.